Hey friend, welcome to Charlotte Mason for All, where every country, culture, and community is welcome. Our mission is to bring Christ through the Charlotte Mason philosophy and methods to homes around the world, including yours. My name is Min Huang, and I'm your host, along with Mariana Mastracchio and Erica Alifea. Welcome, friends. We are back on our The Many Beautiful Faces of Charlotte Mason Mamas, a series that we've been having the opportunity to talk with different mamas, friends, some in real life friends, some friends we've met, um, you know, through social media. And uh, today I am talking to a dear friend of mine. Her name is Annette. And I want to ask a question. Do you wonder if Charlotte Mason methods work for your child who has a special challenges? Um, this might be something that we ask ourselves when we consider a Charlotte Mason education for our precious and unique children. Like I said, I'm very happy to be here with Annette to talk about a Charlotte Mason education for a special challenge child. I met Annette back in 2017 when our <laughs> local Shalom Mason study, study group was born. And I say local very loosely because some of us had to travel, we had traveled like one to two hours to meet, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There were many things that immediately caught my attention when I met Annette. One of, one of these things was her she had such a passion for Shella Mason and her children weren't even school aged yet. So that was back in 2017. Little did I know how important this preparation was. So the second thing that was caught my attention was an instant admiration for how she takes Miss Mason's philosophy and applies in her home according to the needs of each of her children. She has inspired me to look at my own children as born persons. So thank you, Annette, for being here today. And why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and your family. Well, thank you for that introduction, Mari. <laughs> yeah, that made me feel emotional. <laughs> thank you for those sweet words. Um, yeah, I'd love to um, share a little bit about myself. My life has been a bit sporadic <laughs> over the years. Uh, my greatest joy has always been in learning and creating fine art and craft. Um, although my college degree is in psychology. Um, and then after college, I worked for almost 10 years as an administrative assistant. But even as a child, I always wanted to have a family. God's plan was more amazing than we could see or understand at the time. We have Boaz who is turning nine this summer. And Sophia, who is five and a half, and our newest addition, who you might hear a little bit in the background, Chloe, who is turning one a few days before Bo's birthday. Since before having children, Michael and I knew that we wanted to homeschool them, and God has arranged our lives in such a way that um, made it possible for us to do so from the start. So we've been using Charlotte Mason's method um, since the beginning of our formal year, school years, and we're going to be going into our fourth year of formal lessons this coming fall. I want to know this question. How <laughs> did you find Sherla Mason, and what made you choose her philosophy of education? So, you know, I mentioned that I always wanted to homeschool, 
Um, but I think that developed partly because I did not enjoy my own childhood public school years. Mm -hmm. um, and the truly memorable, memorable things that I learned, I learned from stories and the books that I read and from the, the skills that my parents taught us. Fast forward to when Boaz was born and Michael and I already had had many conversations about wanting to homeschool by that point. Um, and my first baby was now here. So of course I was having conversations with other mothers about raising children, asking questions. Um, and a friend who, who was on the brink of homeschooling her first child gave me a couple of wonderful books to read on raising children. And one of those books was For the Children's Sake by Susan Schaefer McCauley, which I'm sure many of your listeners, and I know you yourself know yes, how wonderful that book is. Falling love with that book. Yes. You know, God really used that time. Um, it was very instrumental in my understanding and uh, development of what uh, education and home life could be with my children. So really that book changed my life. And as I was reading it, everything she said, my heart responded with, yes, you know, this is what I want. This is what I've been looking for. This explains in words that I don't have yet, <laughs> what I believe is true um, about God and children and what I want for my family. Um, and, you know, I belong to God. I loved him and I wanted to build up my home and my family on the truth of Jesus Christ and his words as revealed in scripture. And I saw that truth revealed in the foundations of Charlotte Mason's method, that that's what her method was built on. Um, so I started studying her volumes on home education on and off through, the, through um, Boaz's early years. And I found her words to be so full of truth. And the 20 principles grabbed me as something that was so different from any other philosophy of education that I had seen. Um, principles for an educational method that start with the importance of the personhood of each individual and culminate in the sovereignty of God. So I had been dabbling in research of a few other methods of education, but that all stopped <laughs> after I it's finished helped. reading it's helped in a way because it saves you time because you know right. this is it this is it I'm ready that's right I felt like I didn't need to go any further in my research I I read for the children's sake and that was it for me um so from that point on I was all in and I never looked back so Annette can you tell us how her methods has helped you with educating your own child with special challenges yeah, I'd love to share that. Um, so if it's okay, <laughs> I'd like to share, you know, the, the story of our journey so that there's some background and context for listeners. Definitely. Um, and, then, and then as well as how the Charlotte Mason method impacted our journey. Mm -hmm. um, so as you know, <laughs> I was already fully committed to the Charlotte Mason method um, before I had you know, had all my children um, and before we started formal lessons. What I came to learn over the years and as I studied was that 
it was so much more than just an educational method. Mm -hmm. For those of us who really know this method, we know that it's a way of life. Um, It's a way of living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Charlotte takes the truth of the gospel and applies it to education in such a way that it not only permeates how you teach your children lessons, but also by affecting your own desires and choices and worldview as a person, as a parent, um, as a spouse. Um, And that's all for the glory of God and for the blessing of you and your family. And that's how I felt about the method when our child with additional needs was born. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So as this particular child began to grow in our arms, um, there were signs very early on that that our child was a little different from a typical child. So physically, our child was healthy and perfectly formed. And to many people, everything seemed normal. Um, But we had so many clues from the beginning that things weren't quite the same for this child as other children. Mm -hmm. Um, With my background in psychology and having worked with children with special needs in the past, my mommy spidey senses were tingling. (laughs) Um, And over the years, our concerns, you know, have been confirmed (laughs) as we continue to see delayed milestones and language delays and behavioral differences and a lack of impulse control that goes beyond what you would expect to see in um, average children. These were things that traditional parenting tools did not really equip us to help with. So when our child was two years old, we really felt the need for additional insight and help to determine how we could help this child gain the skills and abilities that we saw missing or that were severely delayed um, and that were preventing our child from enjoying the full life that we hoped that all our children would have. And at that time, we were pretty sure, um, you know, and this is me, of course, researching and (laughs) trying to figure out what was going on. And with some context for myself being a psychology major and understanding probably a bit more than a parent who didn't have that background. Um, I was pretty sure, we were both pretty sure, my husband and I, that there was a sensory processing issue going on and possibly ADHD. Um, So just to explain for parents who don't know what that is or Mm -hmm. who maybe are seeing some things in their own children and unsure. So sensory processing issues happen when the body and brain have difficulties organizing and responding to the information that comes in through their senses. So kids may be oversensitive to sensory input um, or undersensitive or both. And some kids tend to be sensory seekers. They underreact to sensory input or they need more of it to function. And then there are other children who are generally sensory avoiders and they overreact to sensory input and become overwhelmed and hyperactive. So this can be in response to the input from our five senses. And additionally, there is an imbalance in the body's ability to sense body movement, position, balance, 
and knowing where their body is in space. So that's some of the issues that we were seeing with the sensory processing issues. And then um, we were also concerned that it might be ADHD, which stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, which is a complex brain disorder that impacts the parts of the brain that help people plan and focus on and execute tasks. Um, so neuroscience and brain imaging and clinical research tell us that ADHD is not a behavior disorder. It's not a mental illness, but instead it's a developmental impairment of the brain's self-management system or executive functions. So that people with ADHD have trouble with impulse control, focusing and organization. And so we saw all of those things <laughs> happening in our mm -hmm. child. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> it was a lot. And, yeah. um, you know, at such a young age, it's not always clear if it, those are, you know, real issues or if it's just something that's typical for a two-year-old because you can see all, all or some of those things in many two-year-olds. So, you know, parents who have children with needs that are different from the needs of more typical children really struggle with how to help their children. We love our children. They're all so precious to us. And we recognize um, whether we can explain it as well as Charlotte Mason did or not, <laughs> that each child is unique and special. Um, and she knew and believed that each child is a person created by and for the glory of God and was created for a specific purpose, was created in his image and is therefore very, very precious to him and also very precious to us. And we knew we wanted to help our child, but we didn't have the skill set or knowledge to give our child the tools that were needed. We thought, you know, we're at a place where we could do one of two things. We can continue on as we are and see if these issues work themselves out over time, or we can find additional tools and gain some skills and information that might help our child move forward. Mm -hmm. You know, as we tried to decide what was best to do, the way that Charlotte Mason helps me at this point <laughs> um, was this idea in her writings that she talks about a thinking love. When she talks about the type of love that a mother has or should have for her children. And in her first volume, in the very first pages, she says, oh, I'll read a quote. <laughs> yes, please do. I, I, I can't remember these things on my own. No. Um, she says, mothers owe a thinking love to their children. The mother is qualified, says Pestalozzi, and qualified by the creator himself to become the principal agent in the development of her child. And what is demanded of her? A thinking love. God has given to the child all the faculties of our nature, but the grand point remains undecided. How shall this heart, this head, these hands be employed? To whose service shall they be dedicated? A question, the answer to which involves a few Futurity of happiness or misery to a life so dear to thee. Maternal love is the first agent in education. 
And then she goes on and says, we're waking up to our duties and in proportion as mothers become more highly educated and efficient, they will doubtless feel the more strongly that the education of their children during the first six years of life is an undertaking hardly to be entrusted to any hands but their own. And they will take it up as their profession. That is with the diligence, regularity, and punctuality which men bestow on their professional labors, that the mother may know what she is about, may come thoroughly furnished to her work. She should have something more than a hearsay acquaintance with the theory of education and with those conditions of the child's nature upon which such theory rests. Wow. <laughs> yes. Pretty powerful <laughs> quote. It's very powerful. Right, and right and... in the beginning of her book, which is... Can't yes, miss you, you can't miss it. There's no looking past it. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I took that quote to heart. You know, the first six years of life may not be a time of formal school lessons, but they are the foundation. And you might even say the most important part that builds for a child's future life. Charlotte Mason said, um, as parents, we are entrusted with God's children um, and are therefore responsible before God to raise and prepare our children for the work that's before them. And as she said in that passage, that longer passage I just read before, you know, we, we have to know what it is that we're about. So in my situation, I needed to dig into educating myself um, with help beyond traditional parenting skills and to gain the tools and knowledge necessary to help my child thrive. So we decided to take those steps in gaining the knowledge that we needed and helping our child gain the tools needed to live life well. So we observed and took part in therapy sessions, um, which gave us many tools to continue helping our child over the years. We are quick to try to find quick solutions, just thinking about the child, but forget that we are we are the responsible ones that should be the ones receiving the information that we can then in in the education like you said to then then see what we can do to help instead of trying to remedy something find some, like a quick remedy for them and not thinking what is our part in this whole process right so i really appreciate that you yeah. said that thank you um it was a really great help for us um and helped me and my husband, Michael, moving forward, we mm -hmm. came to understand better, even if we didn't, we didn't have a diagnosis at the time, but we understood that, you know, there were certain challenges and there were tools that could help with those challenges, mm -hmm. even if we didn't know the why behind what was causing those challenges. Um, but then our child turned three and at age three, in order for a child to continue receiving therapy services through early intervention, um, they have to receive them through the local school district. So we, in order to continue receiving them, we would have to send our child to public school to continue having therapy service. And I'll admit that at that time, we prayed and deliberated for a long time before we decided what we should do. So our child needed therapy, but my husband and I were, you know, convicted about 
homeschooling our children. And the Charlotte Mason method was already a part of our home. And that was our plan <laughs> for education. So, you know, we questioned whether it could be done. Um, was I ruining our chances for having a full Charlotte Mason education if our child went to public school? Would I prevent my child from receiving something um, they needed for a better life and future success if we didn't continue with therapy? Mm -hmm. um, was there you know, really something wrong with our child um, who was not diagnosed at the time? Or might the issues just be you know, regular delays that would work themselves out over time? And we had already seen some progress um, so we just felt really strongly that it was important to try and continue to provide whatever resources for our child that we could, regardless of what the root causes were, um, and then use those resources within the scope and sequence of the Charlotte Mason method. So we felt that it could be done <laughs> and we prayed that God would provide the wisdom and the means to do that well. Um, and God answered with a plan we hadn't thought possible, um, but we were able to work out sort of a compromise for what we felt comfortable doing. And we arranged for our child to attend the town's pre-K program for two half days a week. Um, and so it was maybe two and a half hours and um, our child received group sessions with typical and atypical children mixed as well as pull out therapy sessions. So being able to do that um, just two mornings a week, we were also able to then prioritize our home lifetime and allow our child to receive therapy that was needed. So then when our child became school age, according to what Charlotte Mason says, <laughs> and would have needed to attend public school full-time with the kindergarten program that our town provided. We then pulled out of the school districts and came home full-time. So we continued that way for a few years. And I was at home raising my children, committed to the Charlotte Mason method and using it in the younger years, as she describes very clearly in her first volume. <laughs> um, so we spent hours a day outdoors. We enjoyed music, books, baking, working side by side, um, you know, in the home with my children to train them. We worked on habit training, as she, you know, very clearly describes in her volumes. We worked on practical skills and character training. And I was able to tailor everything so that it was appropriate to ability, regardless of age, and habits were chosen that made sense for a child living in our home. So I was um, able to make it work really beautifully for our family. Um, I broke everything down ahead of time, so I knew exactly what the expectation was for the habits, and so that I could be very almost systematic um, in my process of thinking through the steps that would be required for each child to be successful in the habit that I was hoping to teach them. Um, and then when something was achieved by the children, we would move on and add the next habit and keep track of the ones they achieved and revisit as needed. <laughs> um, and so, you know, our special uh, kiddo 
did need lots of extra handholding and help. Um, and sometimes took longer to achieve success with individual habits. And we needed to um, revisit those habits often as needed. And there are some habits that, you know, are years in the making um, for every child. So that doesn't necessarily change. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, does take more effort on the part of the parent. But I could see how beautifully Charlotte Mason's approach to life for the younger years was so well suited for all children. So we have, we had, and we continue to have a, just a beautiful home life. Um, and while we needed to have extra time in our day to accommodate the needs of our child who had different challenges, we were still thriving. So, you know, everyone thrived in this atmosphere in life. And I found especially that ample outside time had the most positive <laughs> effect on our atypical child. So we saw, and you know, this is true for any child, yeah. um, but we saw such a positive effect on the challenges and behaviors that were more challenging. We saw better use of energy, better use of their body. There was more freedom. There was less correction and direction needed and just a calmer time when we were inside the house. <laughs> so really all the benefits that Charlotte Mason talked about for outside time and habit training in the early years was 100% obvious. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm sure with your two boys, you <laughs> could say the same. <laughs> yes, I, there's just something about being outside, boys and girls, but we, we know that boys, you know, I mean, every children have this need, but I noticed that my boys do have a, a need to really get this energy out, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes, even in the middle of a lesson, when I see that they need it, I say, go run around the house. This is not my original idea. I heard a mom with more experience say this, and I said, you know yeah. what, I'm going to use it because they just come back refreshed and ready to, to do the next thing. It really, it, it, even I, when I need a go outside just go outside <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah we need that too um and our children who have less self-control and um, less ability to focus when they're younger you know they if we think about what we need then we need to <laughs> replicate that in a way that is applicable for them and then multiply it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So we just had, we just saw so many positive um, benefits by increasing our outside time. And then when the time for formal years came upon us, I was, you know, of course, just giddy with excitement um, to start. And I, you know, I had, had studied Charlotte Mason's method over the years and saw the outcome of its application in my children and myself. And I had grown even more convinced, um, you know, over those years that Charlotte Mason was really gifted by God with wisdom and understanding. Um, I, and I, I knew that her methods would work. I, I didn't question it, um, that they would work for formal lessons for all of my children. So, you know, each year I scheduled consultations with the ladies of a delectable education um, for a guiding hand in 
you know, putting together a complete and personalized curriculum for our family. Um, and I was grateful, especially for those phone consultations with Liz Cottrell, because, um, you know, she was such a wealth of information. But not only that, she really understands and believed and encouraged me in the method working for all children, and especially those for my children, for my um, child with special challenges. Um, and she was really right. Um, we have, you know, we've had to um, look at our, you know, extend maybe our timeline for seeing mastery in certain areas. Um, but the way she describes how to teach lessons, you know, they have worked just so beautifully for our family um, and for my child with, you know, additional challenges. Um, we sometimes have to take slightly longer breaks in between some lessons mm -hmm. to get some energy out. Um, but with the varied um, lessons, we, we have just had such a beautiful time with um, our the education that we've been having. So I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I, I just, I just, you know, I just love it the way you, you took this because it is again, it's not how many things they're gonna know, and you know, making sure that they are getting everything at that time. It's really taking mm -hmm. a step back and looking at the child in front of us, like putting them on our knee, right, yeah. and and working with them at their pace, and you know, and looking for those who have come. They are ahead of us who have mm -hmm. the experience. I think that's another key thing is to really finding the right support. And I think Absolutely. That, that's so helpful, right? Yeah. And our reading group was mm -hmm. so instrumental in that because I had people who loved the method and cared about me and cared about my children and were invested in implementing it, implementing the method as well as they possibly could and wanted that for me as well. And so I could bounce ideas and questions and trust that it was going to be, the responses were going to be really helpful mm -hmm. um, for my family. So um, it was, God really used that and the other resources that I was able to pull from to just really trust in the method and feel free to implement it and not worry so much about the outcome mm -hmm. because it was so well suited for um, our family. Yes, that is so encouraging. I'm wondering here, uh, what would you tell your younger self, even though you were young, <laughs> when you were so back in those days because you and your husband decided that homeschooling was something that was going to happen right but yeah. what would you do all over all over again if you had this opportunity <laughs> because there were developmental delays I could see looking back that I could have held back um, mm -hmm. another year before starting and that that would have been beneficial um, you know and I don't regret doing what I did but if we had done that it it probably would have been that year especially would have been easier um, for all of us probably would have been less frustrating <laughs> for all of us um, you know but we you know believe that you know homeschooling especially with the charlotte mason method was the right choice 
you know, practically speaking, it allowed me to give, you know, that individual attention, um, accommodate extra needs, um, and give me the peace of mind to, you know, take however long I want to, or how, not however long I want to, but however long is needed um, to master skills or move forward in a subject, in the subject material. Um, the short lessons, the wide feast of subjects, they're really all suited perfectly to the needs of each child. And I don't have to worry about, you know, a system of education where one size fits all, where the pedagogy changes every few years. You know, my children can develop at the pace that God has set while building relationships with a multitude of, you know, true and beautiful ideas. And so, but, it, but it's more than just a practical benefit. You know, when I first met Charlotte Mason, um, you know, her words spoke <laughs> what my heart was desiring. <laughs> yes. um, you know, those of us who know her method and love it, share that desire and share that love of her method because of that. And over time, God, you know, used her method to change my outlook on parenting and how I see my children, especially my child with special needs special challenges. So, you know, I would tell my younger self that each unique person is complex and amazing and wonderful. And I would remind myself that, you know, each child is who God has created him and her to be. And none of them are a mistake. Um, none of them are designed haphazardly or by an uncaring or cruel creator. You know, I, I would read scripture to myself every day, regardless of how tired I was, um, you know, and remind myself that those words are true. And, you know, every day there's going to be added issues that will present a challenge, um, you know, like any challenge, but we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have all the answers and those challenges can be met with grace and mercy and love and faith in a loving and righteous God who makes no mistakes. So I would remind myself that, you know, God has a purpose for each person in our family and that he is the one who's going to perfectly fulfill that purpose. You know, the Holy Spirit is there to work with me. You know, that, that 20th principle, I would remind myself that my responsibility is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, to go to him for help and wisdom and that I could take steps. He was equipping me to take steps in gaining the skills and information that I needed. Um, and really overall to trust that God will give me what I need as a parent. Um, you know, there was a lot of questions. There was a lot of, you know, fear about the future, fear about my ability as a mom. I think overall, I would tell myself that in our family, one of the good things that was given was our child with special needs. And another good thing was the Charlotte Mason method. <laughs> so tell us what is the Lord speaking to your heart for this season of homeschooling? Because we've, we've heard that you've been taking, you know, one year at a time. And I know that you're really looking and seeking him to guide you and to honor each child that he has, you know, giving you to take care of. So what, what do you feel that he's telling you in this season of your homeschool? I think that 
the Lord is really speaking to me <laughs> in this season of homeschool and actually not so much my children. You know, I'm the type of person who, you know, I love to do many things and I love to be helping other people in many ways. And I love to share what God has given me. <laughs> um, but in this season, you know, especially since having my third, it's been very humbling for me. It's been hard. I want to be used, but God is saying, no, this is how you have to be used right now. Mm. Um, those things are, those other things are going to take care of themselves right now. This is what you need to take care of your family and your children. And you need to, you know, cut back those other things until you are able to do well, those things that are a priority that I've given to you as a responsibility. I have to pull back on many, many other things. Um, and that's been hard, <laughs> um, you know, and a verse that, that the Lord has impressed on me, um, I'll share is from second Corinthians chapter 12. And Paul is talking about, he has this thorn in the flesh that God has given him and he's prayed and asked God to remove it. And, um, he's prayed over and over. And in verse nine, Paul says, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so it's, you know, it's humbling to, kind of, to come to that place of, um, you know, weakness in yourself yeah. and recognize that I can't do everything. You know, it's, the hard truth <laughs> it is. And but it's amen. good yes I'm so thankful that you shared and I I wish I had this exactly what you said with those words a few years back when I when I was in a hard spot and just kind of realized that there is a season for everything and the most important thing is is the eternal right is what is is, is going to it's our family our little church in our house and and you know um for those of you, and I know that some of you out there know Annette and know that she is very active in the Charlotte Mason community. And I know, we know how hard it is to adjust to a season, right? But praise the Lord, that's a season. And it's it's pruning, perhaps it's a pruning season. It's a season of realizing that changes need to happen. But that will be, you know, like you said, that will be for his glory and his grace is all over you. And, you know, we know that you, you have some work ahead of you Amen. as you're telling me, getting ready for a new season <laughs> of schooling with more students and a baby. <laughs> and I can't wait to yes. see it. <laughs> It'll be great. I can't it, wait it will, for it. <laughs> it will be so great. Annette, tell us, you know, uh, where can we find you? Because, like, I know you are involved in some communities to, to some degree. Sure. Um, well, I'm on Facebook, mm -hmm. so 
I, I, I am, <laughs> I'm not super active right now. Um, I don't use the app on my phone anymore. So I do go on a couple times a week in the evening when I have time. So um, I can be reached on Facebook and, you know, people can contact. It's a private account, but you can look up my name and contact me and I'm happy to, you know, um, talk with you that way. And I'm also, uh, you know, not as active, but um, you can reach me through the Charlotte Mason Soiree community too mm -hmm. so if you you know tag me on something you can reach me that way or message me you know through the group there you know you can also reach me through um, a wonderful community of mothers in life-giving motherhood which is just a wonderful community I've been a part of so encouraging for women and mothers who are wanting to pursue this life this lifestyle. Um, so you can reach me there and I love sharing and talking with people. Yeah. And then but Annette is part of our support team at Life Giving Motherhood and her encouragement just tremendous there. We get her we get a little bit of her there too. We're blessed for that. <laughs> a blessing for me too. <laughs> So um, I believe I told you this before we end our time together, we like to have this little game, this rapid fire questions, which are questions <laughs> you just, your answer is the first thing that comes to your mind. So let me know when you're I'm ready. so bad at these. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it's fine. Let me know when know. you're ready. Well, it's fine. That's the thing. All right, I'm ready. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Chocolate or cookie? Cookie. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Probably the pioneer days. Oh, fun. Favorite <laughs> childhood TV show? Well, I actually grew up without a TV in the home. So <laughs> I don't actually have one. That is fine. That's actually a good answer. <laughs> that, that's what my kids are going to answer. Oh, I've never watched TV. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but this one I know I know you have a good answer for. Last book you read just for you. Well, the last book I finished, I'll share that one, is uh, called Finally Focused, which is interesting because that's in light of what we're talking about here. Um, it's a really great book that addresses um, a way to holistically meet some of the needs that um, your child might have if they have ADHD and other um, processing issues. So it's been a real help for me. And yeah, so that's the last one. I've enjoyed it a lot. Cool. I'll make sure I put on the show notes as a resource. All right. My last question, which I've been wanting to ask you this for a while. If you could ask... <laughs> If you could ask Miss Mason one thing and only one thing, what it would be? <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, that is a really hard one. Um, I would ask her if she were going to add one more principle, <laughs> what would she add? 
good question. You ask her, yeah, that is a good question, right? What would it be? One more principle. Hmm. We're going to have to, I'm going to be thinking about that now for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Annette, I'm just, I'm so thankful that uh, we had this opportunity to talk to you. And uh, thank you for letting us in a little bit into your, your life, your home life, your experience with um, having a child with uh, special challenges, but just really understanding, you know, what Miss Mason's methods are and how you can totally use it in your home and, you know, being able to know you in person and seeing in action, it, like I said, is a privilege and, uh, and it's a blessing. So thank you so much. Really, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so, so fun and enjoyable. And I hope it's an encouragement for anybody who's listening. So yes. thank you. Hey, friend. Thank you for joining us today. We hope to meet you back here next week. I also hope you enjoyed this episode. So go ahead and don't be shy. Leave us a five-star review. And until next time, friend. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Mm -hmm.